Amen, amen. Let's pray together. Father God, it is a powerful thing to be able to declare that together. Your name is higher than everything. The power in the name of Jesus. The power as we walk with you and the things that you bring by your spirit, God, is beyond what we can understand. What you have created and what you are doing is beyond what we can understand, beyond what we deserve, and beyond what we can uh, know and even experience. But God, you are here. Your spirit is here. And you are bringing that truth into our hearts and into our lives that we can live it out, that we can experience your presence and your glory your salvation, your promise, and your future that you have declared for us. God, we declare these things together this morning, whether we understand them or not, whether we even believe them or not. Sometimes, God, we, uh, you know, we walk with the centurion. God, I believe, help me in my unbelief. And so we declare, God, that you would make these things true in our lives where they aren't. That these things that we say, that we speak, that you would make it more true that we can follow you more closely and love you a little more deeply and share you a little more fully. God, speak to us through your word this morning as we turn in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wonderful singing this morning. It's wonderful to hear you all. Thank you, worship team, for leading us to that place today. But we're going to begin uh, our sermon in the word here in the word. Let's talk in Psalm 19. We're going to have it on the screen for you as well. We've got some things to explore together this morning. We're going to read this passage together, Psalm 19, very famous psalm that we've talked about here before. And David is declaring some things here that we want to understand, that we want to embrace as we begin today. Psalm 19 says this, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of His hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech, they use no words, no sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens God pitched a tent for the sun. It is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is deprived of its warmth. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward. But who can discern his own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And what else is there for us to say this morning? The law of the Lord is perfect. The teachings of the Lord are trustworthy. 
The words of the Lord are right. The commands of the Lord are radiant. The decrees of the Lord are firm. And all of them are righteous. Do we believe? Do we trust? Do we love? Do we treasure the word of the Lord? Amen. This morning we're going to continue our new series this year exploring the beauty of the power and the authority of the Word as we seek to ground ourselves in the Word of God, as we walk forward in this journey that we started last year, exploring the sacred, the sacred presence of God alive in the world and in each of us together, working itself out by the power of the Spirit to build the kingdom and bring salvation into the lives of the people around us. It's a huge mission that God is calling us to, an exciting mission. And as we continue forward in that journey, we need to be rooted in Scripture. We don't get to just make up what that sacred presence looks like. We don't get to just feel our way through who God is and what He wants. He told us. He's given us his word, and as we said in the story of the blind men and the elephant, the elephant has spoken, and we need to listen, to hear what God has told us about himself, to see and know and understand his nature and his design, what he has created and how he has made us to live. And so we're looking at the word, the power of the word. The beauty of the word, the truth of the word, the authority of the word, and ultimately the reality that Jesus is the word, seeking to be transformed by him as the spirit leads and as we discern as God's people together, sharing this journey and hearing him speak together. And once again, that is such a huge and important part of studying and understanding the Word. We each need to be in the Word ourselves every day, reading and memorizing and praying through it, letting Him speak and and shape and, and mold our hearts and minds through His Word, but coming together then and submitting to one another, hearing how God speaks to others, being shaped and sharpened and refined in our own journey and understanding. We can wind up in some weird places, spiritually and theologically, if we push others away and really try to understand only on our own. We're not made for that. God is relationship in Himself, three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and we are made for relationship too in His image. Relationship with Him and relationship with each other. And we cannot understand who God is apart from relationship. And so when we come to the Word, we study together. We gather on Sundays and we have Bible studies and small groups and accountability partners and life change groups and mentors. And we need to learn together and study together and serve together and love and care together. And as we do... The Word comes alive more and more, changing and shaping and transforming us into the image of Jesus together. It's awesome. It's fun. 
to share this journey. It's exciting, and it can be hard. It can be challenging. It involves other people, and they can be a headache sometimes, can't they? Those other people, we, we never are ourselves, but other people, oh man. But it's good. And as we walk through that journey, it is good. The things that God is taking out of me and then the things that he puts back in are a thousand times with what he puts of himself and his heart as we're changed. So let's get in the word together and let's see what God can do in us and then through us, all around us. But we've been looking at the word and to begin with, we've been looking at the different parts of the word. This fall, we want to understand that this book is not just one thing. It's at the very least 66 books written by many different people over 1,500 years, and it's unified and whole in its spirit and message. But God has revealed himself in many different ways in the different parts of this book, in the different pages. And he uses different tools to try to help us see and understand who he is. He uses history and he uses law and prophecy. He uses poetry and worship. He uses lament. He uses teaching. All different ways that he is telling us about himself. And we need to see the different things he is revealing to us in those different ways and those different places. And so for the last few weeks we started looking at history looking at the histories that God has recorded and the stories of his journeys with his people and how he has walked with them and how he revealed himself to them in the things that happened, the things that he did. We saw lots of different things, different pieces of that. We're trying to understand how to approach the word, how to read it. And as we saw the different parts of the histories. We saw different things that God was revealing about himself. Firstly, in the story of Abraham and the sacrifice of Isaac, we saw that God was trying to help his people see that he is not like the gods of this world. He's different from the gods that we invent, that we make up. In the story of the Exodus and the plagues, we saw that God is so much more than the gods of this world, that he is enough. And that we then, like the Israelites, like he was asking them, we can trust him to be enough. That we don't have to turn to these earthly gods that we invent. We can trust him. We can follow him. That he's enough. And last week, Pastor Scott looked at the story of the kings. And we saw how God was revealing his power and plan through very broken people. He let the Israelites have their way. He gave them a king and it was worse than if they just trusted him in the first place. But he was still with them, walking with them. He was still in control. He was still at work. History is important, and it's a huge part of the scriptures that God has given to us. It tells us how God is working in this world and that we can trust him, that he sees people, that he is walking with them, that he is working and shaping and molding things, and we have can trust him now because he has shown that he is trustworthy. But today we're going to come to the second part of the scriptures that he's given us. The law. History shows us what happened. And in a sense, the law shows us what should have happened. It reveals to us his purpose and his plan. The truth 
and the structure even of the very universe that he created and how he means for us to live within it. And that in the law, he reveals his love and care and desire for relationship, not just rules or a list of an impossible standard for us to meet. The law is a love letter, a path to relationship. And reveals God's heart for relationship. It's a path, a path to, to peace with our Father, to fulfillment in our own lives, to wholeness, and ultimately to new life in Jesus, to restoration and salvation and sanctification and justification and glorification and all those amazing words. Now, as with history where we saw different parts of what God was trying to do in those different portions of Scripture. There's different pieces of history and different things that God is doing. We see that there are different parts to the law as well, and at least two sides. And over the next two weeks, we're going to kind of look at these different sides, the different aspects that God is revealing to us about Himself and about what He has made and the way it's supposed to work. Different ways he is communicating his nature and his purpose and his glory. He's given us the natural law and the given law. The law of nature and the law of revelation. The law of creation and the law like he gave to Moses and the people to understand how to live and how to worship. And so we're going to look at each of these parts in turn And try to see and understand who God is and what He is speaking to each of us in these different ways. And the first part, again, of the law that He gave us is the natural law, born and bred into the very fabric of reality. What fancy theologians call natural revelation. It's the power and presence and nature of God revealed in creation and communicated in Scripture. It's a fabric of the universe and the foundation of existence. And it is to this law that Scripture points us first. Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 to 5. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The very first words of Scripture are pointing us to creation. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and He separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. This is the beginning of God's word. The first things that he's given to us, and it establishes a whole bunch of extremely important things for us, even just in these couple of verses. Tells us first that our faith is not blind. That the world is not magic, that it was created with purpose and intention and intelligence and love. As the passage goes on through each day, it reveals order and structure, attention and detail. It reveals the natural law, the very nature of God expressed in creation itself. God separated light 
from darkness, the land from the sea, different kinds of animals, and a different place for humans in this creation. There are laws and limits to creation, to reality. And so we should expect to be able to understand the world we live in, the world He has created because He has made it so, and He's told us so, and it speaks to who He is. And just as with history, God is telling us a great deal about himself in his laws. All of the other religions and cultures of the time spoke of great chaos and conflict in the creation of the world. The stories that they had were of great wars between the gods and great destruction. Division and competition and rivalry and fierce hatred between these beings. And in all of these stories, creation of the world itself and humans were at best an accident, if not a mistake. And there was certainly no love in these gods toward creation or toward people. But here God's law reveals His power and His intent and His purpose and His love. In nature, we can see it. And his word confirms and expands it. There was no conflict. There was no war, no destruction. Not even any effort. Our almighty, infinite, eternal, and all-powerful God simply spoke. And it was. And not only that, it was good. The natural law reveals the mind and presence and power of God. There there is order and intelligence, relationship and connection. And His Word reveals to us the purpose of these things, speaking together to one another. Again, Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the very ends of the world. The natural law is revealed in creation, God's nature and His existence and presence. And Scripture speaks right back into this truth. The Word in nature and in written form declaring to us who God is. And why? Once again, as it was in the histories, and we're going to see that through all these different pieces, it's God's heart for relationship. It's his love expressed. Romans chapter 1 verse 20. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. So people are without excuse. So often we read that passage and it's even been preached in this way as a real ultimatum. It's judgmental. You have no excuse. Turn or burn. 
there's so much more there. So much more love. We are without excuse in that we cannot deny that He is real and we are loved. No one can say they are nothing. No person can say they are worthless with creation calling out His greatness and glory like it does. You are made with purpose. You are loved so clearly. There is no excuse. You are loved. Too bad. He created us for Himself to enjoy Him, to enjoy relationship, to enjoy what He has created, and then to create with Him. Born with His very image, placed in us to carry forward His glory in the world as we change and grow and build and transform reality all around us in the image and glory of our Father, our Creator. We are created to create. And as God's law has declared. Because that is what his nature has decided and what he has revealed in Jesus. John chapter 1. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him. All things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. And in him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. Colossians 1. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. Creation is an expression of Himself, of His love, of His nature, and of His law. And the Word speaks to all of these things. If we study God's Word, we will understand creation. And if we study creation, we will understand more of God's Word. Because Jesus is the Word, and He is the source of creation and Scripture both. Revealed in who He is, spoken to us through what we see and what we read. It's a powerful and profound truth. And so evident all around us, the heavens truly do declare the glory of God, the majesty of the cosmos, the scale of the stars and the galaxies. Everywhere we look, every tool we build to look deeper and bigger, no matter where we look, what do we find? More creation, more order, more structure. A number of years ago, scientists pointed the Hubble telescope at a tiny, tiny speck of empty space, completely dark, for 11 days, trying to see if they could find the edges of the universe. Where does it stop? There was nothing there as far as we could see. And for 11 days, they took this picture and left it exposed to see if there was anything there. And in that emptiness, they found 10,000 galaxies. 
not planets, not stars, galaxies, each containing billions of planets and un- or stars and uncountable planets. And when we turn our instruments in the other direction into smaller and smaller things at every level, we just find more. What are the limits of God? Cells were the smallest thing we could figure out, these little blobs floating around. And then we looked further inside of them, and they were filled with these incredible structures, thousands and thousands of different parts all working together, intricate and profound, performing different tasks we didn't even understand. And from within those structures, we found DNA. And inside DNA, we found atoms. And everything is made of atoms, these tiny particles, the building blocks of existence, except they weren't. Atoms were made of even smaller particles, neutrons and protons and electrons. And we broke those down, and there were even more particles inside of that. And at every scale, we just see more and more creation, more purpose, more structure, more intelligence. God revealing himself over and over and over again, breaking our understanding of time and space and life and existence. It's almost like there's an infinite being behind all of this. And it's all amazing. But none of that is surprising for a God that has spoken existence into existence. And for anyone who has read his word, of course we find order. Of course we find structure. Of course it makes sense. God gave us eyes and a mind and his word and he told us what he did. It's all right there for us to see with Scripture and with microscopes. The great 20th century scientist, Dr. Robert Jastrow, a NASA scientist at the head of their theoretical division, had an amazing quote about the the struggle of science and relationship to faith and the efforts we make to understand the world. And he said this, as we explore nature. For the scientist who has lived by his faith in the power of reason, the story ends like a bad dream. He has scaled the mountains of ignorance. He is about to conquer the highest peak as he pulls himself over the final rock. He is greeted by a band of theologians who have been sitting there for centuries. It all speaks to the glory of God because the law of God is immutable. It is unmovable. It is irrefutable. It is powerful and transformational and uncontrovertible. The law of God is the revelation of His power and His presence and it demands nothing less than our submission and our worship before an almighty God who has the power to speak the universe into existence and who has the love to make that existence worth living. When we study the word, God reveals Himself. And when we study creation, God reveals himself. And when we study them together, God reveals himself. And that was something that a shepherd 
who became a king, understood almost 3,000 years ago when David wrote Psalm 19, connecting the law of creation with the law of revelation. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. David saw the law of God was all around him, written on the scrolls and written in the stars, all declaring the glory of God and his place before his Father in worship. Do we see and understand and submit to the law of God? Do we trust that God's law is good, that he desires relationship? Do we see how he has revealed himself and the things he's trying to help us understand? that we can help others to see what he has made too. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for your law. We thank you for your word that reveals to us your purpose and nature and intent. We thank you for creation, for the things that you have spoken to us through the vast and unimaginable stretches of space, down to the tiniest particles here on earth, animals and plants and life all around us. We see your glory revealed and your love shared. Your love is so much, God, that you couldn't keep it to yourself. It needed to be shared, and so you made creation and you made us to know you, trust you, to walk with you, to worship you, to bring you glory, and simply to enjoy you. And Father, we have destroyed that by our own foolishness and selfishness, thinking somehow we could take your place. But then you went further and gave us your Son, revealing the true power of your love and what you can do, conquering sin and death forever. The laws of this world require that we die, but you do not submit to the laws of this world. God, you are beyond them. We thank you that you have remade the world and are remaking us. So Father, as we sit here and bring worship to you, God, we submit. We declare that you are God, that your law is good, and we desire to follow you with all of our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.